You know, Tadashi, the other night I was watching the local news channel uh-huh. uh, with, with my family and we were hearing on the news, there's some young Japanese journalist starting a lot of trouble talking about American politics, revealing all of our deepest, darkest secrets. <laughs> and, you know, they, they were talking about uh, plans to to take them out. And, and they're thinking about calling some uh, Eastern Eastern dictator mm-hmm. um, because he's he's causing a lot of trouble. For yeah, me. he's making he's always talking about uh, all our political movements, making a bad image for us and, and ahead of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. We got to take this guy out. What do you yeah. think? And, you know, he's he's flying cheap, cheap airplanes like Jetstar and Jet, Jet, EasyJet and uh, uh, Ryanair. You know, these 26 year old uh, political journalists, mm-hmm. I mean, there there are some major threats in the world, like nuclear mm-hmm. bombs and and state organized terror systems. Mm-hmm. But these 26 year old uh, political journalists, I mean, they're the real threat in the world. Yeah. So let's talk about the, the 26 year that are making the, the headlines right now, uh, whose name is, and we're gonna, we're gonna butcher his name, uh, Roman Protesvich. Yeah, this guy. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me, he got on a Ryanair flight. I've mm-hmm. taken Ryanair, you've taken Ryanair. Yep. Seems perfectly safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was going to, to Greece. Nice yeah. place to go. Yeah. So, so let's what talk happened? about him. So this guy, Protesvich, he's a political journalist. He runs a very popular Telegram channel. Uh, he's a Belarusian national. And again, as you know, uh, in Belarus, uh, there was a rigged election last year. And people have been uh, going on the streets to protest against uh, the dictatorial uh, president, who is actually called the last dictator in Europe. Yeah. Alexander Lukashenko. And this guy, Roman Protesvich, uh, he's been running popular uh, Telegram channel, encouraging people to go on the streets. But he was arrested multiple times and he fled to Lithuania, which is directly next to Belarus. And he'd been living there since then. Uh, but, you know, he went to Greece to attend some conference and also to have some vacation because, again, it's, you know, you can fly now in Europe and use the guy needs some vacation. And also he, he seems to have a beautiful girlfriend. Okay. So he's on the flight. He's heading to Athens from one friendly country to another country. Mm-hmm. And, and what happens? Well, so he, he managed to go to Athens and no problem at all. Right. After the conference, okay. he takes some break, you know, probably he, he drinks some beer or something and he go, he tries to fly back to Lithuania and that's where the problem happens. Okay. And so, you know, the Be- Belarusian government sends mm-hmm. a, um, a military fighter, a, a yep. M29 to intercept this, this Ryanair flight. Mm-hmm. And what they say is that there's a, there's a bomb on board, which, mm-hmm. which uh, is, is a bit suspicious. Um, and, and they say that the, the plane needs to make an emergency landing. Mm-hmm. And rather than continue on its flight path and land in Lithuania, mm-hmm. um, the plane is forced to land in Minsk, the yeah. capital of Belarus. Yeah. 
quite a coincidence, no? Yeah, quite a coincidence. So if you actually see it on the map, uh, so the plane was going flying from Athens to I think how do you, Vil Vilnius, Vilnius. Uh, that's the yeah. capital of Lithuania, and the plane was actually like really close to the border between Belarus and Lithuania. And the Belarusian capital of Minsk is actually farther away from the border than to the Lithuanian capital. Uh, but, but for some reason, and we know we probably know the reason, uh, the Belarusian flight control uh, contacted the plane and also they dispatched uh, MiG-29 fighter jets to force the Ryanair uh, plane to take a U-turn and uh, land in Minsk. And what happens in Minsk is, of course, there is uh, the security people lands on the plane. They find no bomb at all, but they find this uh, Belarusian opposition political journalist, coincidentally, I guess, and they take him off the plane with his girlfriend and uh, some men who were following him from Greece uh, also takes off the plane. And now he's arrested. Yeah, so, so this was a very well organized and and the term that the Ryanair CEO and and many of the reporters since then have called it um, a state sponsored hijacking mm -hmm. uh, because he was being followed ever since Athens he he texted his friend that there were there were people following him mm -hmm. um, and then of course you had this well coordinated um, uh, entrance onto the plane and searching for him and and of course there was the guys following him who also left the plane so. You know, in retrospect, it's it's quite clear that this was uh, state-sponsored, well-organized, mm -hmm. and you know, th this is it, it's interesting because it, it's becoming part of the the discussion. We've seen a big increase in sort of the bravado mm -hmm. of of of. Uh, of state actors going after political dissidents in other countries yeah and and then becoming quite creative in the mm -hmm. way that they're going after them too yeah so uh we've already discussed about uh jamal khashoggi uh saudi arabian a dissident uh, who was killed in turkey by saudi Arabian security forces um and there have been numerous um cases of these uh autocratic nations sending assassins uh security people to other nations to reach to um, their political dissidents, their opposition figures. Um, you know, as you know, uh, 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 Sergei Skripal, who was a former KGB spy who was living in the United Kingdom, was almost killed, was poisoned by Russian uh, uh, spies. Uh, Alexander Navalny, um, a Russian opposition figure was again like poison, and you know there was this this stuff about like he, um he this happened in in I guess inside Russia, but you know these things are happening more and more blatantly. Yeah, and and you know, it's actually what does it mean that it's happening more blatantly? Does it mean that we are losing control because? Immediately after this event, you know, we, we the EU and the, and the US condemned the actions and issued mm -hmm. sanctions, but it, it seems like the standard response, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and of course, uh, the, these governments are continuing to do this, mm -hmm. um, seemingly without, without very much fear of, mm -hmm. of a large um, 
a large pushback from yeah. Europe and the US. And also, you know, they're quite concerned that Belarus is becoming uh, more Russian, mm -hmm. actually. And and so actually this this action of uh, of abducting this this 26 year old politician or political journalist um, pushes Belarus closer to Russia and further away from Europe, right? Yeah. Because of, of course Europe has has laws to protect uh, free speech and journalism, um, and obviously that those countries are then going to impose sanctions. And so from the Belarusian perspective, um, they're able to obtain this this political journalist while also getting lots of support from Russia, it appears, right? Mm -hmm. So it was quite interesting after this uh, state-sponsored hijacking became apparent, uh, all the Western countries uh, issued a statement condemning this action, but Russia immediately jumped in, said they support uh, Lukashenko's actions of uh, kidnapping uh, Protestvich, uh, and Russian, oh, the Russian propaganda uh, uh, media agencies like the Russia Today and, you know, uh, Sputnik, uh, they've all, all, you know, issued some opinion pieces and uh, defending this, this action of state-sponsored terrorism as a domestic affair of, you know, I guess right. for security reasons. And we have some reasons to suspect that uh, um, Lukashenko probably get, gave heads up to Putin because Lukashenko's girlfriend uh, is Russian. So uh, Lukash, I mean, not Lukash, sorry, Protestvich, the, the uh, Belarusian journalist, his girlfriend is Russian. And he was arrested uh, in Belarus alongside his girlfriend. So Belarus, uh, as I guess you can say, illegally uh, hijacked this plane and arrested a Belarusian national and also Russian national, but Putin uh, instead of condemning this action, uh, gave uh, Lukashenko his full endorsement. So this means that most likely uh, uh, Putin was in on it, or at least was informed of this action before uh, Lukashenko took this action. Yes, and you know this is a worrying trend because you look at the map, and that Russia's already has a large influence in eastern Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Planes are not allowed to to fly over that part of the the country. Mm -hmm. And then we go north to the map to to Belarus, and now mm -hmm. there's there's seemingly increasing, uh, ever ever increasing control over Belarusian territory. Mm -hmm. And then you go further north, and and those countries are are within NATO, right? Yeah. So. It brings up the question, what's going to happen next? Is this sort of uh, Russian expansion uh, or influence going to mm -hmm. continue going west mm. in, into the, these NATO countries? And, and what's going to be the response, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very concerning, uh, you know, not only in Belarus, but if you think about uh, countries that this uh, journalist Protestvich was uh, residing, which is Lithuania, an EU member nation, and also Latvia and Estonia, also neighbors Russia and Belarus. Latvia neighbors both countries. And uh, th these are EU members. So if these encroachment of Russia and these authoritarian figures uh, moves further, further west, at some point they will hit, you know, this, this EU members, I mean, NATO members. And at that point, the US is a member of NATO, France is a member of NATO, Germany is a member of NATO. Um, and it's, 
it feels like uh, the world is going back to uh, the era of the Cold War. Yeah, of course. I mean, these were all USSR um, countries, and I'm sure many uh, who, who support Putin, and maybe he has his own ambitions to sort of reunite the, the, the USSR. Mm. I, I know a couple uh, uh, political commentators have said that here in the States, I, um, perhaps to get people worried or concerned about it. Mm -hmm. um, but, but it does seem that the, the actions being taken uh, are increasingly, um, increasingly brash. I, I guess that's my main takeaway is that yeah. this was a very brash uh, abduction of, mm -hmm. of uh, a 26-year-old political mm -hmm. journalist. Um, and it comes, it comes after you know, very similar things being done to Russian political mm -hmm. dissidents. Um, and so it's surprising, really. Yeah, and it's a very high-risk action, right? If you consider uh, the circumstances in which this happened, uh, he was among many passengers on the plane. And it's very risky to, you know, do this kind of maneuvers, you know, sending fighter jets after a civilian plane, uh, including the passengers. There were multiple EU nationals. There were U.S. nationals. And uh, what ha what happened if uh, the plane didn't you know follow the orders? Did would they have shot down the plane? Um, you know that the plane pilot could have you know mishandled the situation. I I don't know you know what actions to, is the correct action to take, um, and you know, risking these, not only Belarusian nationals, and I'm not saying that risking Belarusian nationals' lives is fine, but from the standpoint of Lukashenko, uh, potentially angering, uh, potentially risking the lives of the U.S. nationals and the EU nationals is a very high uh, risk action. And these, I guess, like authoritarian nations like Russia are, you know, giving Belarus some uh, uh, support uh, and you can say that if Belarus didn't have, if Lukashenko didn't have the support of Putin, he might not have taken this action. Oh, of course not. And and yes, it seems increasingly that the the sanctions that they must have known are mm -hmm. going to be coming are not really a major deterrent anymore. Mm. Yeah, Belarus had already been sanctioned. Lukashenko had already been sanctioned until his neck, and you know, like. There's so much that you can do by economic sanctions. Yeah. So let's talk about the video that was released of mm -hmm. uh, Pratisevich. Mm -hmm. uh, what was suspicious about that video? Well, uh, he had a very visible, uh, uh, some mark on his eye. Uh, probably he was punched. Okay, so this is after he's been uh, abducted. He's in mm -hmm. Belarus. Mm -hmm. And they released this video of him saying, look, he's fine. Mm -hmm. And and of course, in the video, he's he's uh, saying he's guilty for, yeah. for all yeah, of yeah, his, yeah. his sins. <laughs> yeah. So so in this video, participant confesses to he, all of his crime against Belarus. Uh, mm -hmm. He says that he's been treated uh, humanely, that the Belarusian nationals uh, have been very, uh, the Belarusian security forces have been very nice to him. And you know, like nobody believes uh, what he's saying. He's forced to make uh, say these things. Um, he's probably been tortured. And and again, this is this that's not something you normally hear from a from a EU nation. This this is very much a, a North Korean type. Yeah, 
yeah european uh, european yeah i mean belarus is in the eu but yeah you're you can say that belarus is increasingly becoming uh the north korea in europe so mm -hmm. have you heard of this uh japanese political journalist <laughs> causing trouble about my nation what do you think about that well, I mean, I, I guess you have to, I don't know, force him down somewhere in European nation and uh, <laughs> detain him. Are you taking any flights soon? Perhaps, perhaps. Perhaps, okay. So perhaps. We'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I fly over, maybe I fly over some East European nation. <laughs> Was there anything else that you wanted to say on this topic? Um, I, I would say one thing that it's, really important for uh, free nations to take a united stand against Belarus and put whatever pressure on Belarus, whatever sanctions, even you know if it hasn't been uh, really effective, uh, do put whatever pressure and whatever sanctions on Belarus and uh, take a strong stand. Because mm -hmm. unless you uh, up the stakes, these things will keep happening. Do you think that it's too late and that Belarus, considering the facts that uh, it, it has that sort of political system or mm -hmm. political environment already in place, do you think it's too late for Belarus and, and Eastern Ukraine to sort of go back to uh, I a mean, European system? I mean, it could be too late for Belarus, but I'm, I'm really concerned that this spreading to other nations because you can't avoid all of uh, authoritative nations and just fly over uh, uh, free countries. Right, right. And, and so, you know, Europe should really open its arms more mm -hmm. uh, to, to, the, to, these, uh, to these countries which are at risk, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's how I would imagine would be the best way to uh, retain their cooperation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and also, may, may, make a stand uh and you know countries that are facing increased risk from russia uh, namely uh some uh nations such as estonia and lithuania and latvia probably need more uh, assurance and support from countries like the us so maybe some you you know you can do something like biden can visit these countries right biden can visit yeah. latvia and say uh what happened to uh uh this this journalist is not uh, acceptable yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's a good place to finish this episode. And as usual, thanks for listening. Uh, if you like this episode, please uh, share it with your friends and families. And we'll see you again. You know, Tadashi, the other night I was watching the local news channel uh with, with my family and we are hearing on the news there's some young japanese journalist starting a lot of trouble talking about american politics revealing all of our deepest darkest secrets <laughs> and you know they they were talking about uh plans to to take them out and and they're thinking about calling some uh eastern eastern dictator Mm -hmm. um because he's he's causing a lot of trouble for yeah me. he's making he's always talking about uh all our political movements making a bad image for us and, and ahead of the olympics mm -hmm. we got to take this guy out what do you yeah. think and you know he's he's flying cheap cheap airplanes like 
Jetstar and Jet, Jet EasyJet and uh, uh, Ryanair. You know, these 26-year-old uh, political journalists, mm -hmm. I mean, there are some major threats in the world, like nuclear mm -hmm. bombs and, and state-organized terror systems. Mm -hmm. But these 26-year-old uh, political journalists, I mean, they're the real threat in the world. Yeah. So let's talk about the, the 26 year that are making the, the headlines right now, uh, whose name is, and we're going we're gonna to butcher his name, uh, Roman Protespich. Yeah, this guy. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me, he got on a Ryanair flight. I've mm -hmm. taken Ryanair. You've taken Ryanair. Yep. Seems perfectly safe. Mm -hmm. um and he was going to to greece nice yeah. place to go yeah so so let's what talk happened? about him so this guy protestvich he's a political journalist he runs a very popular telegram channel uh he's a belarusian national and again as you know uh in belarus uh there was a rigged election last year and people have been uh, going on the streets to protest against uh, the dictatorial uh, president, who is actually called the last dictator in Europe. Yeah. Alexander Lukashenko. And this guy, uh, Roman Protesvich, uh, he's been running popular uh, Telegram channel, encouraging people to go on the streets. But he was arrested multiple times and he fled to Lithuania, which is directly next to Belarus. And he'd been living there since then uh, but you know he went to Greece to attend some conference and also to have some vacation because again it's you know you can fly now in Europe and use the guy needs some vacation and also he he seems to have a beautiful girlfriend okay so he's on the flight he's heading to Athens from one friendly country to another country mm -hmm. And and what happens? Well, so he he managed to go to Athens and no problem at all, right? After the conference, okay. he takes some break. You know, probably he he drinks some beer or something, and he go, he tries to fly back to Lithuania, and that's where the problem happens. Okay, and so you know the Bel Belarusian government sends mm -hmm. a um, a military fighter, a, a yep. MiG twenty nine to intercept this this Ryanair flight. Mm -hmm. And what they say is that there's a there's a bomb on board, which, mm -hmm. which uh, is, is a bit suspicious. Um, and, and they say that the, the plane needs to make an emergency landing. Mm -hmm. And rather than continue on its flight path and land in Lithuania, mm -hmm. um, the plane is forced to land in Minsk, the yeah. capital of Belarus. Yeah. Quite a coincidence, no? Yeah, quite a coincidence. So if you actually see it on the map, uh, so the plane was going flying from Athens to, I think, how do you, Vil Vilnius? Vilnius? Uh, that's the yeah. capital of Lithuania. And the plane was actually like really close to the border between Belarus and Lithuania. And the Belarusian capital of Minsk is actually farther away from the border than to the Lithuanian capital. Uh, but but for some reason, and we know we probably know the reason, uh, the Belarusian flight control uh, contacted the plane, and also they dispatched uh, MiG-29 fighter jets to force the Ryanair uh, plane to take a U-turn and uh, land in Minsk. And what happens in Minsk is, of course, there is uh, the security people lands on the plane. They find no bomb at all. 
but they find this uh, Belarusian opposition political journalist, coincidentally, I guess, and they take him off the plane with his girlfriend and uh, some men who were following him from Greece uh, also takes off the plane and now he's arrested. Yeah, so so this was a very well organized and, and the term that the Ryanair CEO and, and many of the reporters since then have called it um, a state sponsored hijacking mm -hmm. uh, because he was being followed ever since Athens, he, he texted his friend that there were there were people following him. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, you had this well-coordinated um, uh, entrance onto the plane and searching for him. And, and of course, there was the guys following him who also left the plane. So, you know, in retrospect, it's, it's quite clear that this was uh, state-sponsored, well-organized. Mm -hmm. And, you know, th this is... It's interesting because it's becoming part of the, the discussion. We've seen a big increase in sort of the bravado mm -hmm. of, 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 uh, of, of state actors going after political dissidents in other countries. Yeah. And, and then becoming quite creative in the mm -hmm. way that they're going after them, too. Yeah, so uh, we've already discussed about uh, Jamal Khashoggi, uh, Saudi Arabian uh, dissident. Uh, who was killed in Turkey by Saudi Arabian security forces. Um, and there have been numerous um, cases of these uh, autocratic nations sending assassins, uh, security people to other nations to reach to um, their political dissidents, their opposition figures. Um, you know, as you know, uh, 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 Sergei Skripal, who was a former KGB spy who was living in the United Kingdom, was almost killed, was poisoned by Russian uh, uh, spies. Uh, Alexander Navalny, um, a Russian opposition figure, was again like poisoned, and you know there was this this stuff about like he, um, he this happened in in I guess inside Russia, but you know these things are happening more and more blatantly. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's actually, what does it mean that it's happening more blatantly? Does it mean that we are losing control? Because immediately after this event, you know, we, we the EU and, and the US condemned the actions and issued mm -hmm. sanctions, but it, it seems like the standard response, right? And, and, and of course, uh, the, these governments are continuing to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, seemingly without without very much fear of mm. of a large um, a large pushback from yeah. Europe and the U.S. and also you know they're quite concerned that Belarus is becoming uh, more Russian mm -hmm. actually and and so actually this this action of uh, of abducting this this twenty six year old politician or political journalist. Um, pushes Belarus closer to Russia and further away from Europe, right? Yeah. Because, of, of course, Europe has, has laws to protect uh, free speech and journalism. Um, and obviously, the, those countries are then going to impose sanctions. And so from the Belarusian perspective, um, they're able to obtain this, this political journalist 
while also getting lots of support from Russia, it appears, right? Mm -hmm. So it was quite interesting after this uh, state-sponsored hijacking became apparent, uh, all the Western countries uh, issued a statement condemning this action, but Russia immediately jumped in, said they support uh, Lukashenko's actions of uh, kidnapping uh, Protestovich, uh, and Russian, oh, the Russian propaganda uh, uh, media agencies like the Russia Today and, you know, uh, Sputnik, uh, they've all, all, you know, issued some opinion pieces and uh, defending this, this actions of state-sponsored terrorism as a domestic affair of, you know, I guess right. for security reasons. And we have some reasons to suspect that uh, um, Lukashenko probably get, gave heads up to Putin because Lukashenko's girlfriend uh, is Russian. So uh, Lukash, I mean, not Lukash, sorry, Protestvich, the, the uh, Belarusian journalist, his girlfriend is Russian. And he was arrested uh, in Belarus alongside his girlfriend. So Belarus, uh, as I guess you can say, illegally uh, hijacked this plane and arrested a Belarusian national and also Russian national, but Putin, uh, instead of condemning this action, uh, gave uh, Lukashenko his full endorsement. So this means that most likely uh, uh, Putin was in on it, or at least was informed of this action before uh, Lukashenko took this action. Yes, and you know this is a worrying trend because you look at the map, and that Russia's already has a large influence in eastern Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Planes are not allowed to to fly over that part of the the country. Mm -hmm. And then we go north to the map to to Belarus, and now mm -hmm. there's there's seemingly increasing uh, ever ever increasing control over Belarusian territory. Mm -hmm. And then you go further north, and and those countries are are within NATO, right? Yeah. So. It brings up the question, what's going to happen next? Is this sort of uh, Russian expansion uh, or influence going to mm -hmm. continue going west mm. in, into the, these NATO countries? And, and what's going to be the response, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very concerning, uh, you know, not only in Belarus, but if you think about uh, countries that this uh, journalist Protestvich was uh, residing, which is Lithuania, an EU member nation, and also Latvia and Estonia, also neighbors Russia and Belarus. Latvia neighbors both countries. And uh, th these are EU members. So if these encroachment of Russia and these authoritarian figures uh, moves further, further west, at some point they will hit, you know, this, this EU members, I mean, NATO members. And at that point, the US is a member of NATO, France is a member of NATO, Germany is a member of NATO. Um, and it's, it feels like uh, the world is going back to uh, the era of the Cold War. Yeah, of course. I mean, these were all USSR um, countries, and I'm sure many uh, who, who support Putin, and maybe he has his own ambitions to sort of reunite the the, the USSR. Mm. I, I know a couple of uh, uh, political commentators have said that here in the States, I, um, perhaps to get people worried or concerned about it. Mm -hmm. um, but but it does seem that the, the actions being taken uh, are increasingly... Um, increasingly brash. I, I guess that's my main takeaway is that yeah. this was a very brash uh, abduction of, mm -hmm. of uh, 
a 26 year old political mm-hmm. journalist. Um, and it comes, it comes after, you know, very similar things being done to Russian political mm-hmm. dissidents. Um, and so it's surprising, really. Yeah, and it's a very high risk action, right? If you consider uh, the circumstances in which this happened, uh, he was among many passengers on the plane. And it's very risky to, you know, do this kind of maneuvers, you know, sending fighter jets after a civilian plane, uh, including the passengers. There were multiple EU nationals. There were U.S. nationals. And uh, what ha- what happened if uh, the plane didn't, you know, follow the orders? Did Would they have shot down the plane? Um, you know, that the plane pilot could have, you know, mishandled the situation. I, I don't know, you know, what actions to, is the correct action to take. Um, and, you know, risking these, not only Belarusian nationals, and I'm not saying that risking Belarusian nationals' lives is fine, but from the standpoint of Lukashenko, uh, potentially angering uh, potentially risking the lives of the U.S. nationals and the EU nationals is a very high uh, risk action. And these, I guess, like authoritarian nations like Russia are, you know, giving Belarus some uh, uh, support. Uh, and you can say that if Belarus didn't have, if Lukashenko didn't have the support of Putin, he might not have taken this action. Oh, of course not. And, and yes, it seems increasingly that the, the sanctions that they must have known are mm-hmm. going to be coming are not really a major deterrent anymore. Mm. Yeah, Belarus had already been sanctioned. Lukashenko had already been sanctioned until his neck. And, you know, like there's so much that you can do by economic sanctions. Yeah. So let's talk about the video that was released of mm-hmm. uh, Pratisevich. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was suspicious about that video? Well, uh, he had a very visible, uh, uh, some mark on his eye. Uh, probably he was punched. Okay, so this is after he's been uh, abducted. He's in mm-hmm. Belarus. Mm-hmm. And they released this video of him saying, look, he's fine. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, in the video, he's, he's uh, saying he's guilty for, yeah. for all yeah, of yeah, these. Yeah, yeah. His sins. <laughs> yeah. So, so in this video, Pratisevich confesses to he, all of his crime against Belarus. Uh, mm-hmm. He says that he's been treated uh, humanely, that the Belarusian nationals uh, have been very, uh, the Belarusian security forces have been very nice to him. And, you know, like nobody believes uh, what he's saying. He's forced to make, uh, say these things. Um, he's probably been tortured. And and again, this is this that's not something you normally hear from a from a EU nation. This this is very much a, a North Korean type. Yeah, yeah, a European uh, European nation. Yeah, I mean Belarus is an EU nation, but yeah, you you can say that Belarus is increasingly becoming uh, the North Korea in Europe. So, mm-hmm. have you heard of this uh, Japanese? political journalist <laughs> causing trouble about my nation. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I, I guess you have to, I don't know, force him down somewhere in European nation and uh, deta- detain him. Are you taking any flights soon? Perhaps, perhaps. Perhaps, okay. So perhaps. We'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah, maybe maybe I fly over, maybe I fly over some East European nation. <laughs> Was there anything else that you wanted to say on this topic? 
um, I I would say one thing that it's really important for uh, free nations to take a united stand against Belarus and put whatever pressure on Belarus, whatever sanctions, even you know if it hasn't been uh, really effective, uh, do put whatever pressure and whatever sanctions on Belarus and uh, take a strong stand because mm-hmm. unless you uh, up the stakes, these things will keep happening. Do you think that it's too late and that Belarus, considering the facts that uh, it, it has that sort of political system or mm-hmm. political environment already in place, do you think it's too late for Belarus and, and Eastern Ukraine to sort of go back to uh, I the mean, system? I mean, it could be too late for Belarus, but I'm, I'm really concerned that this spreading to other nations because you can't avoid all of uh, authoritarian nations and just fly over uh, uh, free countries. Right, right. And, and so, you know, Europe should really open its arms more mm-hmm. uh, to, to, the, to, these, uh, to these countries which are at risk, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's how I would imagine would be the best way to uh, retain their cooperation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and also make ma- make a stand. Uh, and you know, countries that are facing increased risk from Russia, uh, namely uh, some uh, nations such as Estonia and Lithuania and Latvia, probably need more uh, assurance and support from countries like the U.S. So maybe some you you know you can do something like Biden can visit these countries, right? Biden can visit yeah. Latvia and say uh, what happened to uh, uh, this this journalist is not uh, acceptable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's a good place to finish this episode. And as usual, thanks for listening. Uh, if you like this episode, please uh, share it with your friends and families, and we'll see you again.